For those of you who have lost money, like millions overnight. For those of you who are or have been in personal debt. For those of you who have been at rock bottom, ready to give up. Get ready because it's gonna get a whole lot worse. And that's a great thing. This is Below Zero to Hero, a brain dump by The Fail Coach, helping entrepreneurs develop a healthy relationship with failure. Look, failure can't be feared. It's the number one killer of creativity, ideas, dreams, and even entrepreneurs themselves. And it's thought will never get in your way again. With the right mindset, failure can be step one into a new journey of being a better leader, having better balance, better relationships, and most importantly, success. So bring it on. This is Below Zero to Hero with The Fail Coach. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brain Dumb by The Fail Coach. And for this episode, we are again doing an interview with Brad Milford. And uh, without me going too much into details, uh, Brad, welcome to the show. And I would love to ask you if you can quickly introduce yourself, who you are, what do you do, uh, so that the audience can get to know you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be on the show, and I appreciate your time and you and what you do. So thank you very much, first and foremost. So I'm Brad A. Milford. I love the A in there, too. It just, you know, differentiation in business is so important, right? <laughs> I own two companies. One is called Build Brilliance, and the other is Unleashed and Unlimited. They're both LLCs. Basically, what I do is I love, I love to the build brilliance part. So that's for people who are 1 million under and under that mark who are sort of new in business and they haven't yet pulled the story from inside them. They've got this thing to say that voice wants to be heard, but they're just not sure how to pull their passions out and put it into their business, which I find every, you know, that's very common today. They just, we haven't been instructed how to do this per se. And so I have had a very failure-based walk <laughs> throughout my life. And uh, I've journaled the entire time and sort of created a map in how to do that. Once we're able to draw that story out and be able to tell it, we start connecting with our ideal clients. We start connecting with people that we never connected before. And I'm just ever so passionate about helping people build their inner brilliance. Unleashed and Unlimited is about the higher skill companies. So from 1 million and up, we do something similar, but it's a this is a JV between two other my members, um, Jeannie and Tim are my partners, and we all have specialties. So I specialize in mindset, in deep, deep mindset work. Uh, Jeannie specializes in teamwork and communications, and Tim specializes in business breakthroughs and finance. So it's a nice synergy. So that's a Short version of what I do. Lovely, lovely. Um, and yeah, noted on the A part. So, uh, okay. And yeah, I mean, I get it. I get it. Yes, that's that can be a little bit of differentiation. Well, I mean, you mentioned failures. And I, I mean, I wouldn't be a fail coach if I wouldn't, you know, uh, uh, notice that. And uh, I do want to ask you a little bit uh, before we dive into giving value. And I mean, uh, talking about failures is also very much giving value, especially when we talk about the lessons that we learn through that. Um, can I can I uh, 
invite you to share maybe some of uh, those failures with us and the lessons that you've learned? I would be delighted to share those with, with your tribe and your listeners. So let me start way back in the beginning, if, if I might. Way back when I was about seven years old, my mom and my stepdad okay. had an argument and they split up. So we start a journey somewhere, right? And at that point, so my stepdad and my, and my stepmom, they, they split up at that point. And so I was kind of alone. My older sister, older brother, they were seven to eight years older than me. And I had a younger brother who was five years younger than me. I was sort of in the middle, right? And I recognized at that time, now them being split up, my mom working two jobs to support four people, four, you know, four children. God love her for that. I have so much respect for my mom. I found myself not getting the attention that I needed, not understanding how to get love. Let's just call it what it is. I don't like to beat around the bush. I'm an outspoken guy. I wasn't getting the love that I deserved that I wanted, right? And so I set out on a path. Yeah. Boy, whew, I didn't know what path that was <laughs> at that age. I set on a path to determine how to get some meaning, how to get some love, how to get all these things that we all deserve and need. And boy, that took me on a journey. Let me tell you, that took me on a long journey to figure out some of the answers for that. So at first, I was an attention seeker. So I just, I wanted attention, right? So I became the class clown and I caused trouble. <laughs> and then I realized after years, we'll condense the story a bit, but I realized after years that wasn't giving me what I needed. In fact, it was giving me the opposite. So later on, I started, I started getting involved in business. I'm the colloquial serial entrepreneur, right? Eight businesses today, but not all of those have been super successful. Let's face it. And I'll share some tidbits with the audience here in just a little bit. But then just condensing the story a little bit for the, for the, in the interest of time. I love to tell these in public speaking. But I, I realized attention wasn't it. So I began to look for things. I thought maybe camaraderie was the answer. So I went into the military. I was in the military for almost six years. Great camaraderie. But honestly, that still wasn't the answer for me. Then I came out of the military, wasn't sure exactly what to do. I was still seeking. In the back of my mind, there's always a lingering thing that we're chasing, something that we're looking for, something that's individual, our individual brilliance, right? Something that's individual to us. So I, I started on this entrepreneur journey. 15 years and three companies later, I realized that entrepreneurship wasn't really it either. I... I realized a couple things along the way. I chased leadership. I chased significance all my life. I searched high and low for to figure out my mindset, to figure out my message, and to figure out my meaning. It has taken me on a very long journey, <laughs> but I can offer these three things in this condensed story. At first, I know there's one essential thing that every business owner must have. Credibility. Credibility is essential. And we build it over time. It doesn't happen in an instant. We build it over time, of course. A lot of times we build that through failure. Every failure is a success because it leads to the insight necessary for learning. 
That's a great quote that I remember way back from when my mom told me it a hundred times when I was young. Every failure is a success because it leads to the insight necessary for learning. So credibility is one thing. We also need visibility. That's what marketing is all about, right? That's what branding is. People need to be able to see us, right? So I was able to pretty well master those things or, you know, become good at them anyway. But there was a big, huge, missing factor in my walk. All the time through, from a young age, all the way up until about 10 years ago, because of the time when I was grew up, because of my situation, and just lots of factors, I wasn't connecting deeply with people. I was connecting on a very superficial level. See, I'm a deep guy. My nature is to be kind of a deep guy. I love deep things. I love deep thoughts, deep thinking. It's just part of who I am. It's part of my brilliance. But I wasn't connecting with people like that. Because I traveled so much with the military and this job that I had in, uh, as an entrepreneur building stadiums, playgrounds, tennis courts, basketball courts, anything you've ever seen in a park commercially, I have built, designed, built in all over the country. It was fascinating, but I was traveling so much, I knew I was leaving, so I wasn't connecting with people at a deep level. The third factor that's absolutely necessary in business that a lot of people miss, that took me 40 years to figure out, vulnerability. Vulnerability. If we can't connect deeply and vulnerably with people, then we're missing out on some of the spices and joys of life. And I think the lesson here is what I learned over all this time, what I'd love to share with your audience is that many of us, especially entrepreneurs, are some, there's this feeling of being alone, like we have to do it on our, by ourselves. So many of us are told, you got to be strong, you got to do this, you got to do that. It's all about independence. And so that runs deep with me for so many years. But when the breakthrough for me, when I broke out of that, I truly realize what interdependence is. When we realize that there is no me and mine, that we're all connected and we start to harness the power of teamwork and really be able to connect with people, relatability at a deep level and begin to maneuver together in sync, synchronicity, the entire world, your life, your business, the entire trajectory, trajectory. (laughs) Let me try that again. Trajectory <laughs> changes it. Hey, three times the charm, right? <laughs> Trajectory changes. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a beautiful thing. So hopefully that offered a little bit of value. No, yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was very very nicely said, and I couldn't agree more with everything you said, uh, Brett. Vulnerability. Um, I think that's a word that's thrown out so much in the online world, you know, like every, I don't know, for some time, I I don't see that so often anymore, but I think for some time on Facebook, like every second thing in my newsfeed started with (laughs) vulnerability ahead, very vulnerable post, very vulnerable video. And, uh, you know, what, what does vulnerability truly mean? That's a great question. That is a fantastic question. Um, I, I love some of, honestly, I love some of Brene Brown stuff, um, for anybody that's interested in that, hasn't heard a whole lot of it. 
her stuff is tremendous when it comes to vulnerability. I've taken some of her trainings. It's, it's good. I could never speak it like she does, but to me, to me, right, this is a conversation between us and your tribe. To me, vulnerability is just, just really being, it's, it's breaking through that, that shell. We feel like so many of us feel like we, we have to have a mask on. I felt like I had a mask on for so many years. I, because of my walk, let's talk about failure for a minute and then I'll get back to vulnerability. Because of my walk, because of causing trouble, I'm going to be super authentic. I'm going to be super real in this conversation because I think that's vulnerable and that benefits people. When I grew up, I caused a lot of trouble. I got kicked out of a lot of schools and I didn't graduate from high school. Now, I went back and got my GED and I did all the stuff to go to college. But at that time, there were so many failures in my life. I actually wasn't able to sort it all out. I didn't have a mentor growing up. I didn't have access to a mentor. I'm, I'll be 50 actually in a couple of weeks. So, you know, going back that far, that's pre-internet. That's black phone style times, you know, the rotary phone. A lot of people don't even know what that is. Cassette tapes, you know, this is going yeah, back a yeah, ways, yeah. right? <laughs> so access to mentorship was only at, at least from my exposure, was only for like wealthy people at that time. I'm not sure people understand how much access and how, you know, I think people take it for granted nowadays because it's become a thing. They don't understand when you find a good coach, it will, it will change your entire life and business. Yeah. But you know, Brett, I'm sorry for interjecting, but uh, um, you know, yes, in the past it was different and there wasn't, we didn't have the access to that. But the problem or, or the challenge of uh, today is what I call infobesity. There is too much information out there. Uh, everybody yelling and screaming at you, uh, buy my blueprint, take my course. Uh, I'm the best. I'm the only one who knows how to get you from A to B and so on. So, um, and, and, you know, honestly, uh, we as human beings, haven't adopted to this age of infobesity in a way where you need to become a good editor. You need to uh, start uh, turning on your filters. Uh, so, so yeah, it, it, like yeah, twenty years, thirty years ago, when I was going through all my failures, hell, uh, in 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 Europe, you couldn't find you know a, a coach or something. There were only consultants, and they were only wo- working with corporations. So. Uh, if you weren't a corporation, you weren't able to even remotely afford uh, what they what they were uh, doing and selling. Uh, but in today's world, we kind of went into that info business. I, I love it. I'm so I with you 100. It ties in to the story here that I'm sharing precisely. I think because the question here is vulnerability. I haven't forgotten. <laughs> we wear these masks, so. For the longest time, because of that thing, because I got kicked out, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a college degree at that time. I got involved in construction, did all these things because what I really wanted, my desire has never changed. I wanted to excel. I wanted to do what this, these people talk about, like, you know, leveling up different steps or they want to scale up and all these things. But a lot of times when we're young, we don't really understand that is. I just knew I had a desire to excel and succeed. 
I wanted to harness my genius, but I had no idea how to do that. It's very difficult for us to do it on our own. And I think many of us at times in our lives, things that we think that we have to have a mask. We have to be this certain kind of person. We have to have this or have that or be this or do that. And what it took me so many years to figure out is that's all a bunch of garbage. I want to encourage people to just be themselves. When we remove those masks and we're just literally who we are in our failures and have peace in that and just share our stories vulnerably, openly, we begin to connect with people at a much deeper level. We don't need to be perfect. For so many years, I overcompensated because of my education. I thought I had to be a certain way to be a consultant or I thought I had to do a certain thing to be a consultant. And it's just a lie. It's it's just a it's a misinformation. I think we be, we really differentiate ourselves truly. I want to say we find the signal from the noise when we just remove all that and and just surrender to it, and so that we can become ourselves. That to me is vulnerable, Brett. In, in, I, I think we all go through through that phase. Uh, I I haven't yet met anybody in my life who didn't go through that phase. Because at one point, I guess we all think, oh, I need to put this mask. I need to act in a certain way so that I will get clients, so that I will have this to do, or so that these people will like me, or so that I can join the golf club, or, or this or that. And I guess, you know, it, it just takes a little bit of maturity and at one point you just come to the point where you say you know what (laughs) fuck it i'll just be me uh because i mean i i've been through that phase you know and and all it did it didn't give me what i needed or what i wanted and i emptied myself i was hurting the most uh by pleasuring others and pretending to be something that i'm not and at one point, a few years ago, I was just like, you know what, fuck it. Uh, there's almost 8 billion people in this world. We are all connected with this internet thingy. Um, I mean, anybody can find a few people that will, you know, just appreciate him or her and like her for who she is and what, what she stands for. And I'll just be me. And if nobody wants that, then you know what? I have my four uh, doggies that I rescued and I'll just be that, you know, cat lady, <laughs> just not a lady well, and not with cats, but you know, uh, yeah. And I, I guess we all come to, to like, but it, it just takes, I don't know, a level of, I don't know, maturity or, uh, awareness or I don't know what, where, where you, like you, you mentioned that you, you love digging deeper. You want uh, to go deeper. And I'm guessing that at one point you, you went deep into the rediscovering, know thyself, who you are, what, what what propels you, what motivates you, what excites you, and so on. And and probably you found a disconnect between what you were doing and what you really want, how you want to to conduct your life. And you just you know maybe you said, oh, I'll, let's be vulnerable, and I just said, well, I, you know what? That's but, you nailed it. So. That's that's part of the path that I've that I've been on. So let me again be vulnerable and be candid and authentic. When I grew up, 
the things that I was being taught because I was heavily in pursuit of this significance. I want to call it what it was. I was chasing significance for 40 years. It was representative in all the things that I did. I wanted to be seen. I wanted to be known. I wanted to be important. I was, I was chasing significance. Significance has lots of different meanings, but I didn't realize that until later. And then I was able to correct, correct that, that meaning, what that meant to me. But I was chasing all those things for a, a number of years. And then I came to a point of discomfort. I think that's what's needed. When we really begin to reinvent ourselves, we have to have a certain amount of discomfort. We have to come to the point where we say, oh, shit, I can't do this anymore. I have to do something different, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Brad, I, I, I've heard this recently. I think it's a quote. I don't know by who. Uh, that um, pain is the biggest motivator mm. for invention or change. And you just need to reach that level of, of pain. I mean, if I look at my past story and all my huge failures with losing all of that uh, and being 5 million in debt and so on, uh, I, I, I just had a very, very, I was the limbo bimbo. I, I had a very low threshold on how much pain I have to go through to finally say, you know what, enough is enough. Uh, and thankfully, not everybody is, you know, um, that level of stupid as I was. So they get to the point of pain sooner. And so they don't have to lose 20 million. They don't end up 5 million in debt and so on. Uh, but yeah, you just need to reach that, that point of pain, uh, where you just blow up and say, well, you know what? I, I, I like, I came to that point. I'd rather die then then continue this path and then it was i was already on the balcony on the other side of the the the, the fence and and you know i was like 20 seconds away from throwing myself down when i had the aha moment and then i stepped back in and i decided to change my life and one of the first thing was yeah just be love Mika. it i That's love it. it i love it not all of us reach that point you know, it's a, it's often said, and I and I often say, and there's ninety eight percent, two percent. There's different variations of that, but there there is a masses out there who haven't quite reached that point. And so, in my walk, in my path, I think once you reach the point where you actually you flip the script and become one of the two percent, you look back through that. It's kind of a transparent uh, screen or a window, if you will. You look back through that screen then, and then at that point, you're able to help a lot of people. That's really what I think all this is about. I, I imagine you'll agree, but I don't like to make assumptions. <laughs> it's all about impact. No, no, it's, I agree. It's all about I impact, absolutely creating, agree. Uh, making the world a better place, You know, just creating what I call brilliance in the world. And, and re it's really about people. It's about helping people. Like I said before, there is no me and mine. And I think once you realize that, you, when you realize that we're all connected, it's for me, it was pretty moving. Going back to my early years, I was very much, that's just what I was intended to say before, what I, I'm just going to call what it is. I'm, I'm a no holds barred, right? I was a narcissist. I was a narcissist. I was taught yeah. that you need to step on people in order to get to where you need to go. That's the kind of stuff that was out back then. And I listened to a lot of audiobooks, cassette tapes at that time. I've always listened. I had less than thousands and thousands of lifetime learner, right? But that's the kind of stuff that was put out by them. So that was in the back of my brain. 
That's what I thought you had to do in order to succeed. And it's wow. such the opposite. So for many years, I had my ladder leaning on the wrong wall, screaming, yelling at people, doing that, doing that, uh, right. Hell's Kitchen kind of thing, you know? <laughs> and, uh, that put me on a yeah, very different yeah. mark from where I wanted to be. I had to reach that level of discomfort in order to, to really reinvent. I'd like to offer this. When you're reinventing, there are three things that could really help people as you look back. I'm a patterns guy. Um, I was a cryptologist in the Navy when I was in the Navy, as well as other things. But I studied the, the patterns, like secret codes and that kind of stuff. And I have a gift for that. I think when you reinvent yourself, three things are important. Connections, if you look at the connections that you have throughout your life. So if you look back, create a timeline from zero to 10, 10 to 20 years old, 20 to 30 years old, and you start to look at the connections, you'll see a pattern. If you start to look at the contradictions as well throughout that timeline that you create, so connections, contradictions, but you also look at what is your creative desperation at the moment? Going back to what you said about the discomfort and everything, I think that we sort of need a, to reinvent ourselves, we, we sort of need some discomfort and a little bit of creative desperation. I think that energy, when we're able to harness that energy, never have I not seen a breakthrough come from that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, going, like, just to touch on what you said, you know, like, um, it's it's all about you. It was all about you. In in Slovenia, they actually have a saying that somebody mm. needs to fail for you to succeed. It, that like that's 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 and I think Slovenian is the only language where you say um, uh, first you give me something and then I give you back. You know, um, uh, because in all other languages, it's it's always give and and you will receive. And I think Slovenian is the only language in the world where they say, you, you first give me something and then I oh, might do something for you. Um, so so it, it, it's implanted like from a cultural standpoint, you know, like there's no win-win situation. People don't look at life like, oh, uh, Brad, you can be successful and you can win and I can be successful and I can win and we can work together because there's plenty of clients, there's plenty of people that need our help. Uh, some people will resonate with how you teach them, some people will resonate how I teach them, how I guide them, how you guide them and so on. And it, it's not about competition, oh. it, it's about cooperation. But yeah, like culturally in Slovenia, it, it's like, Brad, you have to fail if, if I want to succeed. What a, um, I, I, I don't even know how to, how to say that, uh, but, but yeah, it blows my mind when, when I think. There's uh, some, I don't want to pass of, that by without mentioning it. There's some huge, huge nuggets in what you just said. That speaks directly to reciprocity. There are so many entrepreneurs and just people in general that don't understand reciprocity. It's a, it's a commonly used word, fairly commonly used word, but it, th there is an exchange of cooperation. It goes back to that, what I was saying independence interdependence this is along the same lines cooperation and when you understand abundance when you reach the breakthrough of there's more than enough in the world <laughs> i don't need to compete with people it just puts you on a different mark yeah and i mean i'm all, i don't know about you 
but I'm guessing because you work with uh, entrepreneurs or that or coaches that are just starting out, um, everybody's so afraid to give to give value. Like, oh, I, I want to create a lead magnet, but I don't want to say too much. I don't want to give too much. I mean, I don't know what's your opinion on that, but I just say, you know, like I, I'm giving everything away. I mean, there's still plenty of people who need the hand holding and the brainstorming and, and other superpowers that I can bring to the table. But the content, uh, the the, I mean, I didn't invent it. I, I didn't reinvent the wheel. You can go on YouTube and you can find literally everything. Uh, when you go into my program or you, my one-on-one -on -one coaching, you just curate it in a way that applies to you. And we don't go uh, five steps at once. We go step by step and we are really focused. That's the only difference. But you can go on YouTube and you can find people who uh, have more, more vocabulary than I do because English is only my third language, um, who will say it nicely, who have better made videos and, and, and all of that. And, and you can go there and you can find everything on Google and on YouTube today. Um, so um, I don't know what's your take on that, but I'm like, like, just right give it away. So you, you actually describe the essence of what build brilliance is. It's not once you understand who you are, when you go internal, the internal drives the external. When you go internal and you discover who you are, your individual brilliance, as I like to call it, or genius, as some people call it, the name doesn't matter. Whatever term you use or label you use is, is, is good for the individual. Once you find that, then you're able to speak in a certain way, and that resonates a certain vibrational level with the right people and only the right people. And we don't need to concern ourselves with the people who aren't the right people at that time. And I think people are out there trying to fast track sometimes and they're trying to grow a little bit larger than maybe what they could even handle or what they need or what they're ready for. But I think this, so this walk is confusing. It can be confusing and it is confusing for many. There's a lot of people out there chasing shiny objects, but I love what you said because only the right people will resonate with you at the right time. And when you discover that you begin to live and work unapologetically with humility, hopefully, <laughs> but you don't need to explain yourself. You're just being you, doing you, walking the path that you know is right for you. I like to say, I'm on this path. I'm on a very intentional, direct path that takes me through wins and failures, but I know exactly where I'm headed and I'm headed there or you're going to find me caught dead in that direction. I mean, there's no question. It's, it's a knowing. It's way deeper or or I like to say deep, but some people say higher, higher levels of, of confidence. It's not just confidence. It's a knowing. Like, there's no question. I'm headed there or you're going to find me caught dead in that direction, pointing in that direction. <laughs> That's a different thing than, than, than a yeah. lot of people who are just scrambling. There's a lot of people out there scrambling. And my heart goes out to them. If you're in that space and you're listening, my heart goes out to you. It really does. I've been there too. I think we've all been there at times That's of course we've all been there i mean do you know any single person in this world that achieved something whether that's financial success uh, material unmaterial whatever um it, it doesn't really matter what kind of success but something that puts them on that you know greatness pedestal uh that who, who didn't go through all the hard times and 
wanting to give up and, uh, you know, uh, all the failures and the struggles and the roadblocks and, and all of that. I don't know a single person. It's just that once they, they, they get to that point, uh, uh, because, you know, you can't, I mean, you know, if I want to share my story, I need quite a few days. I mean, it's, it's, it's a long story. And, you know, you, you are a few years older than me. So yours is even a few days longer if you want to recap it uh, and, and tell the whole story. So, you know, li- little bits and pieces uh, are, are um, getting uh, out of that story. And then, yeah, of course, uh, um, people just see the success. But uh, the reality is, um, at the end of the day, for 10 failures, there's one successful yeah, I think it's problem. It might be or, higher or than that, but, like that. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm, with you. I'm with you on that. I'd love to offer yeah, this yeah. to or, the listeners that might might give them a pictorial view of, of some of this of these levels that we go through. So I came up with these eight, eight levels of, of business, right? I think that... When we first start out, it's 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 struggle. There's so much, like finding the signal among the noise, right? There's so much, um, as you called it. Well, how did you call it again? Infobesity. I love that. Infobesity. Um, I'll probably use that here in the future. Thank you very much. <laughs> we work from abundance, right? Infobesity. I love it. I love it. So there's a struggle phase. Yeah, That's the yeah. first st- uh, stage that many of us go through. The second stage is structure. We begin to actually piece some of that stuff together. Now. For any uh, TGA or Think and Grow Rich fans out there, they'll they'll know that you move from general knowledge to specialized knowledge. That's the structuring phase, and then sometimes we maneuver in and out of these phases. The next phase is is uh, striving. So for anybody who's ever like woke up at three o'clock in the morning and they have these ideas and they're journaling and they got all this stuff like running around through their mind, I think all entrepreneurs reach that. And hopefully, a lot, right? <laughs> Generating that creativity and those ideas. That's the striving phase. So we have struggle, structure, and striving kind of on a tier from bottom to top, right? And, and we maneuver in and out of those. But the next phase is yeah. success. When we begin to level up, as is said, but many people don't actually explain the levels. That's what I'm trying to give to the listeners right here. There are some levels. There is a blueprint whether we realize it or not. So we begin to reach some success. We start to see some finances rolling in. We start to actually get our a clear message and a meaning and our branding starts coming together. And some of these things start, they begin to happen, right? That's the success phase. But there are higher levels as well that many don't, people don't talk about. There's mastery. When you do a thing for 10,000 hours or more, you sort of master it. Now, some people are a little bit resistant to that terminology and that's okay. But you come to a point where you start to understand things a little bit deeper. And there's worth in that. Professionals do that all the time. Like, high degree professionals. I don't want a brain surgeon who <laughs> hasn't graduated working on my brain, right? So there is a, cer- a certain level of mastery. Beyond that, there's excellence. You can become excellent at a thing when you focus on one thing for many, many, many years, maybe two things. You said you speak three languages, right? Seven, uh, polygot. I love it. I'm seven. <laughs> I love that. I'm fascinated by that. I speak three. So you become fluent in a certain thing and you begin to think in that language. That's when you know you're starting to become master, masterful or excellent in that language. You speak a whole different language than somebody. But beyond that, there are two levels that I like to describe. One is brilliance. So above excellence is brilliance. When we really become brilliant at a thing, we don't need to explain it to people. People just see it. We don't have to tell them. We're already showing them. We're modeling it automatically by being who we are. 
And then the ultimate level, the eighth level, is genius. And very few people reach that level. I'm sure there are some people, probably anybody listening can think of someone they think is genius. Albert Einstein, uh, Steve, Steve Jobs, like there are these people who are just, you know, excellent at it. They're just genius at a thing, right? But hopefully those levels you can, will give a pictorial view. You can actually see, oh, I'm sort of filtering through this striving stage or I'm filtering through this struggle or structure stage right now. Or I'm just beginning to see the, the the remnants of success. By understanding these levels, it kind of gives us a pictorial view of, of where we may be and how we can sort of maneuver through them. Hope that offers value. No, absolutely, absolutely. I've never looked at it that way, but uh, yeah, I mean, it does make sense. That's why I joke about how I mastered failure. With failing so, I guess, so I guess hard, failure and so would much. be, you know, sort of <laughs> uh, flipping back between structure and struggle, structure and struggle, structure and struggle. Right? I mean, that's how how I would see it, how I would describe it. I mean, the the biggest thing I uh, I think what I've mastered around failure is that I don't see it as I don't react to it as a failure anymore. You know, because. Failure is, is just a word. So when something unwanted happens to you and the more positive emotions you had associated with reaching that goal, that's why often we use it failure for, you know, uh, uh, family matters, uh, relationships, uh, business, because we have these huge emotions, positive emotions on the other side. You never say, you know, I failed at ri- riding a bicycle because, you know, you, you just pick yourself up, you dust it off and you go at it again and sooner or later you're driving a bicycle. So you say, I learned to drive a bicycle. But then for other things you say, oh, I failed at this and that because it's, it's really emotionally uh, different thing. And then when high emotions, high positive emotions are attached to a goal and you don't reach it, um, you go mm. into huge negative emotions and negative self-talk. And that's what failure really is. And if if you can... Like, that's why I'm always saying, like, Fail Coach is all about helping people develop healthy emotional emotional relationship with failure. And once you master that, um, there's no failure anymore. Everything is just a, a, a lesson. And, you know, in all honesty, if I don't fail for a few days, I'm scared. Because that means I'm not pushing myself. I'm not out of my comfort zone. Um, uh, and and I'm, I'm, I'm scared that I'm not going for, you know, what, what my purpose, uh, I believe, is. Because to reach that purpose, I need to constantly push myself out of the comfort zone. So uh, if I don't fail, I'm actually uh, scared that I'm not doing enough and, 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 and not that failure gets me down. I, I love failure. I love failing because I know how much lessons there are in, in every failure that happens to me. And, and I think that's how, you know, you do that flip on, on understanding the failure and then mastering the failure. I couldn't uh, in, love in, in what you just regard. said anymore. It's not possible. <laughs> I love what you just said. I love it. I, I think the cemetery is Thank full you. of people Thank who you. had a relationship with what I like to call the three thieves. There are so many people who are caught in fear and doubt and worry. And I, and I imagine this resonates with you. I mean, the cemetery is full of people who had dreams who just 
feared that they couldn't do it or they yes. doubted themselves or they worried about this. I read a great book, um, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. I want to say it was a Dale Carnegie book. I, I, I hope I didn't misquote that, but it was years ago when I was, I don't know, maybe 18 or something. And it changed my life. I, stopped, I realized that worry is an absolute waste of time. It's an absolute waste of time to worry about anything. It's a complete misuse of our time. Fear, fear is the same, honestly. There's no reason yeah, to, yeah. to when, fear. When we have a relationship with fear, I mean, I, I, I speak publicly. I still get fear before I go on stage or on a platform or in a workshop. I think we all do. But I have a relationship with that now. I've made it my friend. It's my friend. It's energy. It's energy that's helping me. It's positive stress. It's helping me be energetic and be full and have that passion and harness that passion. It's really not like a tiger's chasing me. <laughs> and when we become friends with fear and we maneuver through it, when we break through that and we're able to, I think, walk with it as probably the best way I could say that, then we begin to see it differently. I have a strategy going back to your failure statement. And that I love so much. I just, I, I give you kudos for that. I love your mission. Absolutely love your mission. I, I adopted a strategy about 12, 13 years ago. It's a simple one. It's easy to remember. It's Wednesday, lose shift. There is no failure. You win, you stay on that path for a while until you plateau and you have to level up. You lose, you simply shift. You just make a shift just to another path. There is no failure. It's I'll go back to the statement that my mom taught me when I was young. Every failure is a success because it leads to the insight necessary for learning, which allows us to shift. So I love what you're what you're sharing. Um, thank you, Brad. Um, I want to touch upon one more thing. I mean, uh, I, I love this conversation and I could just go on and on and on. Uh, but uh, let, let's be respectful of, of your time and the audience's time. And uh, we are already 40 minutes in. And I really don't want to miss that part because it's something that's very close to my heart as well. And you mentioned in, in, in your second program, the one for... Uh, higher higher level entrepreneurs yes. or coaches and, and consultants and so on um, that you uh, yes. your specialty is mindset and I would love for you to take the stage and, and talk a little bit about mindset and, and give some valuable advice to I would love the that. audience so mindset mindset runs deep and there's a lot of talk about mindset nowadays <laughs> I see mindset coaches popping up left and right I, I got to tell you one of my pet peeves first. Um, I'm going to be candid and authentic. I think I've already established that there's too many coaches out there who have paid like six week certification and they're calling themselves a coach. Now I'm not dogging them. If you're in that position, I get it. And you're on a path <laughs> and hopefully you've have the confidence. You have the knowing, like I said before, that you're going to go, you're going to walk that path and nothing's going to stop you. You're, you're going to get there or, or you're going to be caught dead and walk, you know, walk in that direction. And I, I commend you for that. However, I see a lot of that out there and I see a lot of people being pitched and I see a lot of people being burnt, burnt by people like that are in that space. So I would say, don't, don't overcompensate, just work on the level that you are with the people that have are behind you so that you can offer them value. Cause we can all offer people value. When we understand our story, 
and our walk, we can all offer the people who are behind us something. But there's a little bit too much broadcasting and positioning out there on the internet. Um, info obesity. <laughs> right? Did I get that right? <laughs> I love it. Yes. So there's a little bit too much of that. So yes, I yes. would say, look, when it comes to mindset, vet your coach deeply. If they haven't walked through some failures, if they haven't maybe lost everything in their life, if they haven't had some trauma in their life, I would I would caution you, just vet them. Just vet them, please. <laughs> All right, enough. I'm off my rant now. When it comes to mindset, there are there are three I mean there are three definite things that I would encourage the audience that they can do for free right now today if they're willing to actually commit themselves and make a declaration to it. The first is beliefs. Everything, everything we do comes from thought. Thought creates beliefs. It's really that simple. Thoughts create beliefs. Beliefs create actions. Actions create results. It's not as complicated as some would make it. Now, the center of that is emotions. What's driving us? Our inner being, our internal being. We have an internal guidance system that for a lot of people is just corroded with noise and I would encourage them to just really turn everything off and reach into your internal being, your internal guidance system, and seek guidance from within. That's the first thing. When you begin to cut away all the things that really don't matter, you'll begin a clarity path that some never reach, quite honestly. So here's how you can do that. I would encourage you to take 15, 20 minutes do a couple things. One, play this game that I play. It comes to beliefs. But when I get to rooms of people with 100 people in and I say, what's your number one belief? Very few, if any, can actually answer that question. So if beliefs are driving us, but you don't know what your number one belief is, or two or three or four or five or six, I encourage people to find out eight top beliefs. That's what I want to encourage the audience to do today. But it's a challenge because we've never been taught how to do that. So it's 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 funny to me. It's suspect. It's saddening, actually, at times that beliefs are driving us, but we don't know what they are. So I want to encourage the audience to pause, take some time, 15, 20 minutes and start a path of creating, crafting your top beliefs. I want to I want to actually ask you to start with one or two, but to create ultimately eight that are driving you day in and day out. Now, how can you do that? Some people have trouble with that, right? Here's how I would do this. It's a two-step process. One, for 24 hours, I would ask you to check in with your self-talk. Set alarms on your phone if you have to. Set like five alarms throughout the day. And every time the alarm goes off, ask yourself, what are you saying to yourself? I imagine this resonates with you. Check in. How are you feeling? What are you thinking? Mm -hmm. What are you saying to yourself? These things are so important, but many of us never actually listen to our internal being, the mind, not your mind, but the mind. We are the master of the mind. So check in with yourself and then journal those, whether it's in your phone or whatever. Journal those for 24 hours. That will give you a sense of grounding with your mindset. And then after the 24 hours, I would I would play the what if game. I love the what if game. So play with me for a minute. What if you didn't have any beliefs? 
What if you, what if something happened and you just removed all of your beliefs? You had instantly, you had no beliefs at this point. What would they be? What do you believe? What would you believe? Not based on something you were told years ago that you needed to believe or something that was even modeled to you when you grew up or a teacher told you, or your parents told you or church told you or whatever told you, not because of that. But what do you believe right now today based on your walk? Now, I call this self-imposed versus proposed by other, SI versus PO. So what I would encourage you is to write eight beliefs that you think that you believe right now today based on you and your walk and then prioritize those. This is my number one. This is my number two. This is my number three, all the way down to eight and determine whether they were literally proposed by you or whether they were proposed by somebody else. Were they self-imposed SI or were they proposed by someone else? That will get you on a clearer path than you are today if you've never done this work. Now, there's many things you can do beyond that, but that's an easy free thing that you can do today to get clearer in your walk. Awesome. Really awesome. Um, anything else you want to add on, on, on the mindset part? Anything else that could be of value to our audience? Because I see on the internet again, on, on especially on Facebook, a lot of people, you know, like, oh, I need to, you know, sort out my cash flow or I need to do this. I uh, can you do you have a suggestion for a coach, but I don't want any of that uh, mind uh, mindset uh, crap like that's like and, and I'm always <laughs> like, OK, this is not somebody I would want to work with because, you know, everything starts with you, the entrepreneur, you, the coach, you, the person. Uh, but yeah, like, um, is there anything else on the, uh, on this topic that, uh, there, you feel there could are, be beneficial to the audience? <laughs> there are so many, <laughs> so many things. So it starts with beliefs, but there are so many things that I could share in the interest of time. Uh, finance wealth mastery is a major thing for a lot of people. I think a lot of us have these things that we were told when we were young, um, I want, to, I want to offer something that's very actionable right now to your audience. I think that's really what makes a difference for people. So rather than go deep dive that, I mean, I could give some recommendations. I mean, I'd get into TAGR. I do a challenge with people. Sometimes there's a persistence chapter, and I ask them to read that chapter for 14 days, 14 days straight, every day, 14 days. And a lot of them have <laughs> to do it two or three times. There's a thing that strengthens the mind. It's It conditions us, right? So I would say get into that book and read that chapter if you're really trying to strengthen your mindset. Um, it doesn't. That chapter doesn't sp speak directly to wealth, but it'll give you a starting point. And there are six steps to riches in that book that are phenomenal. And I think a lot of people bypass them. Chapter two, six steps to riches. If you follow those steps, it will change your life. So if there's nothing else, pull those steps. I often use those in my coaching, quite frankly. Like you said, there's no new information in the world. It's really just how do people resonate with us and what can we offer them, right? 
So I would say deep dive that, do the persistence challenge. That's two other things that you can do. But let me offer one third thing that has just been truly transformational for many people when it comes to mindset. I think there's a lot of people out there in the world just thinking that we have to be tough, especially as dudes, as guys, we're told like everywhere. It's like, oh, you got to be a tough guy. You got to be this, you got to be that, right? I actually have something completely, totally different that I share with my audience and my tribe. I'd love to share with yours. I call it the zero tolerance chart. Now, usually I do this on an XY axis and I just, you know, I'm able to depict this pictorially, but on this podcast, I'll, I'll share this and I believe everybody will be able to follow it. If you were to envision an X, a simple, this is not going to get complicated, simple XY axis on the, on the one side, on the, on the Y side, we have intensity. So it goes up. The intensity goes up. It's a pain tolerance chart, right? We, we're told that we have to withstand this pain so, so for so long. I'm suggesting not to withstand the pain, to have a zero tolerance chart for pain. And let me explain. On the x-axis is time. So if you were to do quick intensity over time, right? What happens when we're young, going back to the wealth thing, this, this ties directly into that. What happens a lot of times we're told these things like, oh, you didn't grow up on that side of the tracks or, you know, that's for the wealthy people or all these different things that we're told that, you know, when we're young and our mind is open, there's different wave brain waves. And when we're young, we're just completely open. We're absorbing all that stuff. The resistance hasn't set in yet without going into Delta and Bravo brain waves and all that. What happens is those things stick with us. And so if you're following this XY axis chart and you're, it's increasing over time, every time you hear that or every time you say that, every time you pull that from your memory, it's strengthening. Your tolerance for that thing is rising. Do you follow me? And so every time we pull up that memory, it strengthens. Every time it strengthens. Every time it strengthens. And so over time, we get to 20, 30, 40 years old. Age is not important, but just intensity over time, it grows and increases. We need to be able to release that. That's where beliefs really come into play. When we realize like, oh, I've been carrying this thing around for so long, but it's caused me pain. We can simply release it. Just release it. Now, some people say surrender. I like to say just become friends with it. Realize that it has been a part of your life and then just become friends with it. It was like, oh, hey, friend. I'm going to de-escalate you back down to zero. We have the ability to do that in the mind. The mind is incredible. So you hear this thing like, oh, I wasn't born on that side of the tracks. And you go, ah, no, that's not true. I know you've been a friend of mine for a long time, but I'm going to put you right back down to zero. Zero pain tolerance chart. Once you do that, you'll begin to see things in a way. You can recraft that thing. There's through NLP and different practices, which are, would be a little too long here. Psych K, there's all kinds of techniques that you can use. You can actually recraft that belief. I have a nine-step process that I use. be a little too lengthy to go here. But in an instant, in 10 minutes, you can change that belief into something brand new. You don't have to carry that with you. So I want to encourage your listeners to think through this tolerance chart. You can have a zero pain tolerance chart. I have come to the point where I'm very grateful for that I've I have a whole heck of a lot of freedom in my life. I don't have anxiety. I don't have trouble with emotions or mental mindset or any of that. I have a zero 
pain tolerance chart. When I do feel something, something spikes in me, I recognize it. I become friends with it and I release it. Does that make sense? And it happens within 90 seconds. That's a cycle. Many of us walk in a cycle of 10 years. Look, I come from a place of not you have to do this. I walked that path. I cycled that pain over and over and over, telling myself the same stories over and over and over again. I know what that pain feels like. Some of those cycles were, you know, decades long. We're able to narrow those cycles down to 90 seconds where you don't have to experience that stuff. You don't have to cycle anymore. It's amazing. When you connect with a coach that really knows their stuff, like yourself, it, it'll change your life. But I have to apologize for all those six-week coaches out there too because there's a lot of junk out there on the internet. I hope that offers your listeners some real actionable value. No, absolutely. I mean, I find it very, I mean, it, it's always nice to, even though you know something, to listen, to, to hear it again and, you know, to reinforce it again. So I really appreciate you for doing that. Uh, Brett, we've been talking, let's say, business conversation all, all this time um, and, and you dropping value to the audience, but show us the other side. <laughs> Tell us a little oh, bit. Oh, there's another side? Brett. <laughs> yeah no i love it um my i mean i'll just share my why with you that's what comes to mind as you ask that why i do what i do i've had a hard walk i there's never there's no way i could go through all that that's why i love telling you know public stories and whatnot because i can meet the audience where they are but i've had a hard walk i've been through the military i've been through you know some stuff with alcohol i've been through some stuff with drugs and even came to a point where you know, I almost committed suicide. It's, it's, you know, not fun to talk about, but I love meeting people where they are, not just, you know, assuming that I, I can take them where they want to go. And, but I will share this. My desire has never changed. When my son was born, when my son was born, I was about 25 years old, changed my life. He's my why. He's the reason why I do everything I do. I love him. He is my pride and joy. Um, I, he's older now. I don't get to see him every day like I did when he was a child, but he's he's my why. I I love sharing stories about my son and my walk, and that's the essence of what drives me day in and day out. So what really fuels me and drives me is is knowing that my story could help him. That that was the driver to make the the to reinvent myself to make the changes that I needed to make in my life. Um, there was a point where I was making beyond six figures and I gave it all up because I knew my character was crap and I needed to make a change in my life. And he was the driver for that. So I know you were asking for like hobbies and that kind of stuff, but. Oh, no, no, no. Just anything, you know, personal you want to share about yourself. Uh, so, so this is, this is perfect. I might include that in my future yeah. interviews. Like, Tell me, what's your why? Yeah, he why was do the you absolute driver. I realized that question. if I didn't make a change in my uh, life, and, and so, I, I wasn't going to be able to model the things that really needed to be modeled. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Very, very good why. 
Uh, Brett, I mean, you already dropped so many golden nuggets throughout this conversation, but I mean, that's always my last question. So I have to, I, I, I mean, I don't have to, but I kind of stick with it. So <clears throat> what's the last uh, golden nugget of wisdom uh, that yeah, you want to so share with the audience before we say goodbye? I like to over deliver. So I'll give two quick ones. <laughs> One, I would encourage people Okay. Regardless of where you are, because in my walk, look, I had been super successful. I was running three companies, three multi-million dollar companies, but yet my leadership lib was capped. So in a very quick nugget, I want to encourage people. What I did, I built stadiums all over the place. I built foundations, literal physical foundations with a blueprint for years and years and years. But I didn't have my own internal foundation. So regardless of where you are in business, I don't care if you're making millions of dollars. I want to encourage you, or if you just started out, or if you're somewhere in between, I want to encourage you to go internal and get with somebody that can create a a solid foundation, help you, guide you, coach you, mentor you, whatever it is. Seek it out on the internet. I don't care. Whatever works for you, but create a foundation for your life where you know solidly 100% where you are. It's unmovable. It's unwavering. It's unapologetic. There's nothing like that. There's so much freedom in it. And so many people yet don't have it or never even told how to do it. So that's one thing. The second thing I would say is regardless of where you are, who you are is greater than where you are. There's always room to grow. Who you are is greater than where you are. I love that one. I really do. <laughs> Brett, A, Milford, uh, I, ha- I had to do that once more. Um, I, I thank you for being my guest. I really, really appreciate you for um, saying yes to my invitation and for, uh, for this conversation. I mean, I loved it. I'm sure the audience will love it as well. Um, You've shared so much uh, personally and things that the audience can benefit. So, again, I really appreciate you for what you do, for who you are. And, again, thank you from the bottom of my heart for being my absolute honor, pleasure, and privilege. Thank you for what you do. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. Take care and all the best in all your future endeavors.